Welcome to Words of Life, Love, and Freedom. I'm your host, Paul McKibben. And I'm going to be sharing today about a delightful desire. And the delightful desire that I'm going to be talking about, which this that's what this episode is titled, Delightful Desire. And what I'm going to be sharing about is the kind of delightful desire when you come to realize that it doesn't seem like such a chore anymore, like such a hard task to want to serve God. You're actually getting to a point in your life where you you love God with all your heart and you are getting to a point in your life where you pleasantly want to serve God instead of feeling like oh I gotta do this I gotta do that oh you know and you're just kind of like um you have a poor attitude about serving God and God doesn't want us to to whine and fuss and complain when we serve him he wants it to be uh, a loving joyful peaceful experience when we serve God and so now granted there's a lot of craziness in the world and we go through a lot of crazy situations God never said it would be easy but he always does give us that reprieve when we need it that time alone with him where we can focus on him and get re-centered putting God first and loving God with all of our heart and loving others as we love ourselves and so that's basically what this piece of poetry is about I titled it Delightful Desire and it's all about when you kind of come to that realization You know, it seems like for so long you've just been kind of going through the motions. You're just kind of doing things because you know that's what you should do. But there's really no joy behind it. There's really no passion behind it. And it just seems kind of like a dry type of routine sometimes that you're doing. But then you start to really get into what it is you're doing. You start to find joy in the things you're doing. You start to find uh, life and strength and, and and encouragement in the things you're doing. Because as you spend time with God and you love on God and let him love on you, he will build you up. He will encourage you. He will fill you with his love, joy, and peace. And he continues to extend that mercy and grace to us as he forgives us for our sins as we repent and go to him when we know we've done wrong, when we've done things we shouldn't have. So this is Delightful Desire, and I'm doing a slightly different format this time. I'm going to read the poetry first instead of last. So this is Delightful Desire. I praise you, Almighty God, and I thank you for lighting my path and showing me the way. I will love, honor, and serve you, King of Kings, each and every day. I just want to love and honor you and give you my best. I praise you, dear Lord, that not only are you king on the mountaintop, but you are also king in the valley, 
And if I stay focused on you, I will pass the test. Oh God, you fill my heart full of a delightful desire. Your presence ignites me and your spirit fills me with your love and a unquenchable fire. I am reminded over and over again about this wonderful, delightful desire. I am so grateful, my King, that you came to my rescue. You saved me and set me free. You, O God, have freed me from the mire. As I experience this delightful desire, every day the sun, and that's S-O-N, the sun, as in the Son of God, shines down on me. My Savior has saved me from the eternal death. My Savior has saved me from eternal death. I now live to walk in freedom. And I spread my wings like an eagle. And I soar into the wind because I'm free. Sometimes in the midst of all the confusion, my Lord says, Be still and know that you are mine. This wonderful reassurance always comes so sweet and tenderly, and my King is always on time. I know in my heart this delightful desire, and it always gets me through the pain. O God, your presence comforts me, your love fills me, and your spirit brings the healing rain. I know in my heart this delightful desire, And my Savior's love is always on time. I know deep down in my heart that nothing can ever separate me from the love of God. And oh God, your love, your awesome never-ending love is truly sublime. So praise God. This is what the Holy Spirit inspired me to write uh, back in August the 2nd. 2022 so I'm just now getting around to sharing this on my podcast and so there's um, um, a lot to really take in with this but the first thing I'm going to start talking about let's look at Psalms chapter 119 verse 105 and this is in the new king james version it says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path you know when we are uncertain about things which there is a lot of uncertainty in this life with the different circumstances in this world and circumstances in our lives and things that go on in our life sometimes we need clarity on things And I always tell people, just like my father says, let peace be your umpire. If there's something going on in your life, if you got strife or stressed out about something, and and like say if you've been praying about something, trying to get an answer to a question you have in your mind or your heart, if you don't have peace about something, then the best thing to do is don't do whatever it is that you're thinking about doing because the peace that the the peace that you have 
will let you know that, yeah, this is the thing to do. If you don't have peace, then you generally don't want to be doing whatever it is that you're thinking about doing. Let peace be your umpire. So not only do we let peace be our umpire, but God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Because God's word not only will light our way and light the path that we're taking so we can see where we are going, but God's word has an amazing way of exposing and revealing things that would otherwise be hidden or um, or sometimes things that are covered up by certain situations or circumstances. Like, for example, if you are a man of God or a woman of God and say you know you got some serious issues about certain things in your life and say you know maybe God's already been starting to kind of deal with you on it but there's these things that you're trying to ignore you really don't want to deal with it and if you go and start reading God's word and you try to read God's word with an open heart to really take in whatever it is the Lord's trying to tell you I can almost guarantee that you're going to start reading something at some point during that time of your reading that's going to start revealing, uncovering, and exposing these problems in your life. And that's when the conviction of the Holy Spirit is going to fall on you. And the Lord allows that to happen because He's trying to keep us on the straight and narrow path. He allows the conviction of his Holy Spirit to come. Now, he doesn't condemn us because that's not God's nature to condemn his children. But he'll allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come to teach us the right way, to make us aware of our wrongs, to steer us back into a a right direction, to get right with God and continue moving forward towards God. So that's the awesome thing about how God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and that it also exposes things because God's word, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, God the Son, they all work together, which Jesus is the word, but they all work together in conjunction with each other to bring forth the best results if we're yielded to God and we want to serve Him and want to do what's right. So it says in Psalms 119.35, Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. So when we're yielded to God and we allow His Word to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, We will want to get to a point in our life. We'll get to a point in our life where we will want to walk in the path of his commandments. And we'll actually delight it, delight in it. We'll enjoy it. We'll want to be taught by God. We'll want to be made aware of the things we're doing that maybe are not right in the sight of the Lord because we want to please God and we want to love God with all of our heart.
So, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 says, and you got to keep in mind, folks, this particular verse was at a point in time in the Old Testament where King Saul had been given an order. The order came from God to Samuel and from Samuel to King Saul. Samuel was the prophet in that day, a prophet in that day. And so the word was given that when you go and you uh, have victory over the enemy, you destroy everybody, every living thing, the king, even destroy all of the livestock and all the animals. That was a direct order from God through Samuel to King Saul. So what does King Saul do when he goes to attack the enemy? He, yeah, he kills most of the people, but then he uh, decides to keep a lot of the livestock for himself. And, or I guess probably some of the better livestock. I don't imagine he'd want to keep the, the livestock that didn't look good, but he could have, I guess. But, but, but not only that, he kept King Agag alive. He didn't kill King Agag. So when the prophet Samuel found out how Saul, King Saul, had disobeyed God's command, Samuel went to um, King Saul and was, was basically making him aware of the fact that he was disobeying God. And so he says, so Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Now you got to keep in mind, folks, when this was happening here, the reason why he was saying, talking about how the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, but but then he goes into saying, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Because when Samuel was basically holding Saul accountable for his actions, Saul was trying to say, Oh, well, I was going to sacrifice some animals to God. You know, like kind of like for show to make it look like uh, that he was trying to serve God his own kind of way like he in a way is giving lip service without action behind it without the intent of the heart to really serve God the way that God wanted him to by obeying him so that's why Samuel says behold to obey is better than sacrifice and don't get me wrong folks when you sacrifice things in your life and you put lay things aside and either do things or not do things to make a sacrifice to the Lord. That can be all fine and dandy and all, but if you don't obey God and the little things and the big things, it doesn't matter how many sacrifices you make. It's not going to make any difference in how God views what it is that we're doing by disobeying Him. That's why they stressed so much in this verse that it is better to obey than to sacrifice. 
you can sacrifice a thousand lambs, but if you don't um, obey the voice of the Lord when he says to do something or not to do something, then it doesn't make any difference. You're doing it frivolously for no reason. So Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. You know, it's an awesome thing to know that God makes it very personal with us. And what I mean by that is he doesn't just like, when he's like referring to us, he doesn't just say like, hey, you over there, why don't you come hang out with me? Or why don't you come hang out with us? He's like, I have called you by your name. You are mine. So when God says you are his, trust me, folks, he means you are his. And he's not going to say that to somebody that is not a child of his. Yeah, we were all created by God, but we're not all God's children. Because God's children are the ones that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The ones that believe that he died on the cross and rose again and accept him as Lord and Savior. If you don't have Jesus as the Lord of your life, and you're not saved, you don't have salvation, then you don't have eternal life, and you're not God's children. Acts chapter 17 verse 31 says, Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So this is a lot of people that don't believe that everyone is going to be raised from the dead at some point. Or that there'll be a rapture that's going to happen. And, you know, if we believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again... Don't you think that God's going to raise everyone else? He rose Jesus first. Jesus willingly gave his life, and he took it back up again after the third day. And he was the first from among the living. He was the first from uh, to be raised from the dead like that. To never die again. He was the first to be raised from the dead. To receive that. That flawless. Perfect. Um, um, sanctified body. That perfect body. That we will all have. Once we are raised from the dead. Or that we will receive. Once we have been raptured out of this world and go to heaven and so that um, 
that heavenly body that we're going to receive that is um that was first instituted when God raised his own son Jesus from the dead Jesus was the first to be raised from the dead to never die again and he he received that perfect heavenly body I mean he could walk through walls and float through walls I guess he could fly if he wanted to um but um so let's move on it says in Isaiah 45 8 rain down you heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness let the earth open let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together I, the Lord, have created it. So, folks, let's let's talk just for a second about God's healing rain. I know there's a song called Healing Rain, and, you know, I've tried finding the actual phrase healing rain in the Bible and couldn't really find it, but there's a lot of things that allude to the fact of God's healing rain. And when you talk about God's healing rain, that's like the balm of Gilead. That's like when God's Holy Spirit just manifests in your life in such a way that when you're in pain, when you're hurting, you're suffering, you're dealing with things, and things just seem so hard and difficult, God's healing rain comes down and soothes your soul and allows you to experience His love, joy, and peace. And when you experience God's healing rain, it it brings forth fruit. It brings forth fruit of the Spirit. And I do believe that you could look at this like when it says in Isaiah 45, 8, rain down you heavens from above. Now I know there technically it's talking about probably the rain, the actual rain falling from the sky. But then it says, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. So God has created every form of rain, whether if it's watering the plants or if it's God's healing rain. And when God pours down his healing rain, not only does it bring righteousness, but it can bring salvation to the hardest of hearts. So now let's look at Romans chapter 8 verse 35 through 39 it says who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter yet in these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord amen hallelujah now this is awesome scripture this is an awesome passage of scripture because this is proof from God's word itself 
that when you are beat down by the circumstances of the world or by the enemy or whatever it is that's that's, uh, oppressing you, whatever you got going on in your life, no matter how bad it is, if we lean on God and we um, are not listening to the voices in our heads and and the enemy when the enemy is whispering in our ear trying to get us to be stirred up and stressed out and all that yeah the enemy can you know get in our head sometimes the bat is you know the battle the mind is the battlefield but you know there is no created thing and when i say created thing that is everything from a person to an animal to a demon or a fallen angel or anything like that. Nothing, no created thing can ever, ever separate us from the love of God. So you can be in the worst place ever possible in your life. You can be in the worst place possible ever in your life. And you can still be exposed to God's love. You can still feel God's love and that is an awesome thing to think about to know that no matter how badly beat down we are no matter how bad things may get that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God and that is an awesome awesome uh, promise right there that God makes us so that no matter how Uh, down and depressed we are no matter how far we've fallen away and have walked away from God or maybe even rejected God you know when we um, come to that realization hey what am I doing I need to get back on track with God I need to start serving my Lord again and start moving in a forward direction I'm just kind of spinning my wheels in the mud right now this something's got to change. You know, when we come to that realization, that's God sharing his love with us. Because his love is what draws us. And he draws us through his love by his Holy Spirit. And that's just awesome. So I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode. Um, let me say a prayer for y'all real quick while I'm uh, doing this podcast dear heavenly father we come to you today lord god and we just praise your holy name lord we thank you for what you've done we thank you for your love mercy grace and forgiveness lord we thank you for the blessings of the day and lord god we pray that you will continue to watch over us and protect us that you'll protect us from all harm that you will continue to draw us with your holy spirit that you will continue to draw us and that you will continue to teach us and show us the way. That you'll continue to school us and train us and, and bring us up in your ways and your precepts. And help us, Lord God, to be a warrior for your kingdom. Help us, Lord, to be good, faithful witnesses. And Lord God, we just thank you for how you love us and how you show us compassion 
and how you forgive us when we sin, when we repent of our sin. And Lord God, we just thank you for the many blessings of the day. So we thank you, Lord God. We praise your holy name. And Lord God, I pray that if there's anyone out there that is listening to this podcast episode, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I urge you right now to repeat after me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. I praise your holy name. And Lord God, I believe that that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I know and admit that I'm a sinner, that I have done wrong. And Lord God, I repent of my sin right now in the name of Jesus. So Lord God, I, I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I know and admit that Jesus was raised from the dead. And that he is now at the right hand of our Heavenly Father in Heaven. And dear Lord, we just thank you. Lord God, I accept Jesus right now as my Lord and Savior. And we thank you, Lord God, for saving us. We thank you for saving me. And Lord God, help us to be the the man or woman of God you've called us to be. And we just praise your holy name. And we thank you for saving us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer right now, you are in the family of God. Praise God, you're a child of the King. So, um, anyways, um, Y'all have a blessed day. May may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom, peace. Praise God. Y'all have a wonderful day. God loves you and I do too. God bless you. Bye-bye.